1: This is the Daily Tip presented by BetMGM. Now, here's Chelsea Messenger and Michael Jenkins. All right, so let's start in Dallas where we have Atlanta visiting the Mavs. We have uh, Dallas three-and-a-half point home favorites here, total 231-and-a-half. So, Jenks, I always feel like, whoa, it should be the Mavericks, right? But the Mavericks mm-hmm. have been so bad at covering numbers at home even short spreads, because I've played them before in this exact situation, like three and a half or three points or whatever, and they haven't covered. Like, they'll win these close games. Uh, Right Mm -hmm. now, ATS at home, 8-12-2 against the spread. So despite being a good team, man, they're not covering numbers. So what do you think the play is
0: here? I would look at the over. I'm like you. I don't want to lay it with the Mavs at all. And it's so funny because last year, the Mavs were such a cash cow on the under, but now they're more of an over team. Mavs were 14 and eight to the over this season when playing at home. And I was reading Jason Kidd talking about they need to play better defense. They're not playing good defense. So the head coach is complaining about that. I'm going to go over 231 and a half.
1: Wouldn't be shocked, uh, because whenever the Hawks are involved, usually there's not good defense to be played, although I will say the Hawks are kind of on under tear. They've hit the under in five of their last six, but they've also played like a lot of uh, under type teams, even though they hit the over when playing Miami, who normally is a good spot for an under. So I'm not sure which way to lean on this one, because I think the numbers point to me taking Dallas, but again... Do you really want to trust a Dallas team that has not covered numbers all season long? And also, they've lost straight up four of their last five. But if you look at the Atlanta side, man, God, they're not good on the road uh, against the spread uh, away from Atlanta, just nine and 14. How do you pick when there's two teams where both the trends on both sides are damning for both teams? God. Like, what's the trend here that you pick? Both these teams are bad in this spot.
0: Yes, you're exactly right. And I'm still bitter that I didn't get my Kyle Kuzma pink sweater bobblehead last Friday when I wasn't one of the first 10,000 people in attendance. Whatever. I, I, I think in a spot like this, either A, you just find another game on the board, which is probably the best advice I could give here. But I would just lean with the team that's playing better basketball. And I guess that's the Knicks. Wiz have lost five of six. Bradley Beal still probably out of the lineup. But the Wizards covered by half point last Friday here in D.C. with the Knicks were laying four and a half. So Washington covered last time out. Knicks are not great at MSG. Either stay away, maybe late with the Knicks. But I am not crazy about this one.
1: Yeah, uh, pivoting a for, uh, forward to uh, Knicks and Wizards, do we think that there is any merit on jumping on the old reliable Knicks in the first half in this one? Because we've said it on the show almost every day. The Knicks in the first half have been a cash cow. Best covering team in the first half. uh, But this will be over one possession. I believe this line will probably be three and a half. Uh, Do we think that's a trend worth following here?
0: Oh, I don't know. God, I I keep keep going back and forth. Man, I am so – you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to record myself each and every day talking about how the NBA is so hard to bet And I'm just going to play that for 20 seconds each and every day. I cannot get a gauge on this game. What do you think?
1: I think I'd still go Knicks in the first half. Uh, they've, yeah. Like I said, that's what the trends would suggest here. I know for the Wizards, it's been a tough stretch for them, just straight up, because I think that would be the argument. Would you rather play the Knicks in the full game? Because uh, the Wizards have lost you know, five of their last six, and looking at the Knicks, they've at least won three of their last four, coming off a loss to Toronto uh, as a favorite, and sometimes offensively that's the problem for the Knicks is sometimes they don't score enough to hang with the other teams, but... I don't know. Uh, it's either next full game or in the first half for me. So if you're following trends, cause that's something as well. If you see a trend and all of the signs point to one play, you don't play the mm-hmm. other one. Like it's, it's almost like what I did with the Bills this past weekend. And I took them on the spread minus half, uh, seven in the first half when all the numbers were saying, hey, they score a lot of points in the first half. So I should have taken the team total as opposed to the spread because that's what the numbers were telling me. So I'm going to roll with the Knicks for in the first half because that's what the trends are pointing me towards. All right, let's go to Memphis next. We've got the Grizzlies and the Cavs. Memphis length six and a half. And the total is not posted. The big story in this one is Day De- uh, Donovan Mitchell not playing. That's why the spread is so high. I think it's already gone to 7.5, if I am not mistaken. No. Uh, so it's kind of waffled back and forth between 6.5 and, and 7.5 and because Donovan Mitchell is questionable. So I'm assuming he's yeah. not playing. Who knows? But if Donovan Mitchell does not play, are you on the Grizzlies here?
0: I think I'd have to be. But the problem is – but Cleveland is very good at home. As you know, Cavaliers 15-7-1 and 1 against the number, and so this is one of the better covering teams at home. I think it's built in with Grizzlies minus 6.5. But wait a second, is this in Memphis or is this in Cleveland? Do I it's have this in wrong? Memphis.
1: Oh, in it's Memphis. in Memphis. Okay,
0: I got this wrong then. Okay, I, then I guess you got it late with the Grizz because the Grizz are one of the best teams in the NBA at covering. They've been a wagon recently. I believe they're on the back end of a back-to-back, so maybe that is your sabotage factor here. But I don't see the Cavaliers – playing as well without Donovan Mitchell. They have plenty of talent, but Cavaliers on the road are a different animal. So, yeah, I believe mean, with the Grizz, Grizz have been smoking teams recently.
1: Yeah, the Grizzlies have won 10 straight games. So maybe the sabotage factor is eventually they're going to lose a game. And this number kind of scares me. At what point does a number seem just a touch too high for you to bet on it? Because I think when it's over five, that's when I get a little nervous because six and a half is – you know, a pretty sizable spread. Uh, Cleveland would have to hang around. And the, ki- the type of basketball that Memphis has been playing lately, where they're just blowing teams out of the gym, like maybe they cover this, but this number does make me a little nervous. It's uh, six and a half. Are you worried about Memphis winning but not covering?
0: Yeah, I think that's a possibility. It's just that I wonder, you know, when you have a team like this and the Grizzlies are just so good, I mean, they have just, like we were talking about, they are just on a roll right now. And I, I just think this line should be higher. If you look at the way the Grizz are playing right now, they, they're just crushing people. And, yeah, maybe the Cavaliers can mitigate Donovan Mitchell being out. I, I don't think he's going to play. I mean, if he's questionable already, you talk about a groin injury, why would you risk putting him right back in the lineup? So – yeah, it's a little bit of a bigger number, but I actually think it's short.
1: That or John Morant's just having another big game in this one. It's been the opposite of a dry January for John Morant. It's been a wet January because be, he's been absolutely, you know, filthy for this team, averaging 30 points per game in the month of january so maybe that trend continues here although cleveland is a pretty solid defensive matchup so maybe not the time to play his player prop but clearly he is a game breaker apparently he got his seventh drug test this season because oh he says his dunks have been so good he thinks the league thinks he's uh on something do you think that's funny
0: yeah i do i mean it's whatever like it it when's the last time seriously when is the last time you heard of an nba player like failing a drug test like what does steroids help you or what does any sort of performance enhancing your what does that really do for you in the nba you know well
1: John morant looks like he is not human i'll say that have you seen some of these dunks that he has posted absolute posters
0: they're unbelievable, but he he's always been able to jump out of the gym. And, and Matt makes a good, very good point in our chat, which is it certainly helps with recovery, with endurance, so you can work out really hard and recover almost immediately without that downtime that you would normally have to have without some sort of performance-enhancing drug. But no, athletes have evolved over time. This is nothing we haven't seen before. Jordan used to do this, on, and not quite like Jaw. Jaw is a different type of athlete, but athletes have gotten – bigger stronger faster over time across all sports so i'm not stunned that in 2023 now we're seeing some kid awesome who was an incredible player jumping out of the gym it, it it's 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 pretty ridiculous to me
1: Well, and after the sixth one, you would think that he's probably going to stay on the straight and narrow. You know, like if you had six drug tests, are you really going to think, hmm, maybe they're not going to drug test me again. I'm going to go out on a bender. So probably not. But I thought it was funny because some of his dunks have made him look absolutely not human. All right, let's go to New Orleans, Miami, facing off with the Pelicans. We have Miami a point and a half favorites on the road here. Total 221 and a half. Uh, Jinx, I think... The Heat and the Clippers are the two teams that I really hate betting on the most because I never know who's going to play. But you can't ignore what Miami has been doing as of late. They've been pretty hot, uh, especially when it comes to overall wins. They've won three of their last four. Uh, Meanwhile, the Pelicans have been pretty middling. They have only won four of their last 10 games. So, Jenks, are you willing to ride with the Heat here, or do you think— The injury report is a little too daunting because, of course, it has several names on it already.
0: Doesn't it seem like this line is way too short? I mean, really, shouldn't the Heat be laying more than just a point and a half? It has something to do with injuries. It just has to. There's no way this number should be a point and a half. You'd have to make this at least like three and a half, I feel like. So I, I don't know what's going on here. Actually, the line is so short it scares me. I would take the Heat. Minus the point and a half, they're 8-1 and against the number in their last nine games against the Pelicans. So they generally match up well against New Orleans. But I'm trying to figure out why this number is so short.
1: Yeah, I think that's usually a red flag, which means you Mm -hmm. do not bet on it. Or you wait at least until game time to see what's going on with the injury report Uh, let's go on to Oklahoma City we've got Oklahoma City as favorites in this one minus four and a half against the Pacers Total 240 and a half the Pacers of course missing Tyrese Halliburton still but I like the Thunder usually and normally it's a team that I like to ride with when it comes to betting but normally they are not laying four and a half points so in this situation do you still like the Thunder
0: I do Actually, the Thunder have been a money man. I, I'm not going to bet this game. I, I I like the Thunder as a dog. I don't know how I feel about them playing four and a half points, even though they're at home. Any of the Pacers are having injury issues right now. But OKC has won three straight, and Pacers have lost four straight. So they're two teams that are playing very differently right now. Also, the Thunder are 14-8 and eight against the number at home this season. So I would lean Oklahoma City minus four and a half.
1: I would, too, just because without Tyrese Halliburton, he's a big part of their offense, and we've seen it. The Pacers have lost four straight uh, and failing to cover the number in three of four of those games. Four and a half scares me a little bit, uh, the fact that Mm -hmm. Oklahoma City uh, is favored by so much. And plus, they haven't really been good as favorites this season, just five and seven straight up but still i'm gonna go with oklahoma city here it's a good uh spot for them to pick up a win and plus uh they just have outright wins against some pretty solid teams against brooklyn against uh chicago and also philadelphia so hopefully they can cover the number here and i think that's probably the case and then finally kings lakers we got to talk about this total 245 and a half yeah. james did you see this total do you play an under here I on the d- principal? principle?
0: Just thought you might. I'm. I'm not going to touch it. I'm going to lay the eight and a half with the Nugs because, like we were talking about, they've been a wagon. They won seven straight. Rudy Gobert's questionable for tonight's game. I think the Joker could go nuts, but that total is ridiculous.
1: For more, listen to the Daily Tip presented by BetMGM weekday mornings from six to nine Eastern on the BetQL Network, the Odyssey app, or wherever you get your podcasts.